Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast, a very different edition this week. And with me, as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes. Hello, Dano. Um, yeah, not a good one for me this week. Yeah, I finally got one up on you. Woo! 4-2 in your favor, though. But what have you blended for this week's challenge, Pato? It's a very weird concoction that you came up with for me, Dana. It's a bit of a mixture of sweet and sour and salty and spicy. So start off with some water. Then there's a, a heap of Vegemite, a couple of cookies, which are the, uh, the crispy, crispy cream uh, cookies for anyone that's just tried those. They're uh, delicious, but not with what I've blended <laughs> it with. Um, there's some sriracha sauce. Yum, yum. So that's spicy. Yep. Uh, what else did I put in there, Dano? Oh, some celery, which I do not like at all. So that, that'll make a nice little taste in there for me. Am I you're forgetting something? You're forgetting the major ingredient. Oh, yes. And a slice of bread. Correct. To absorb that water and make it real nice and thick and weird. So anyway, Pato, bottoms up, son. It looks fucking disgusting. Yep. Yep. It, uh, I'm not keen for this. The, the, the bin is ready and apologies in advance for it probably coming straight back up. The, the smell <laughs> enough is almost enough to make me gag. I'm glad I had dinner about two hours ago, so that's not fresh in my stomach. But uh, here you goes, community. I'm doing this shit for you, so thanks, apes. <laughs> Down the hatch, mate. <laughs> that's fucked. That's not. Nah. <laughs> oh jesus christ no that's that's fucked that's fucked that should not no that shouldn't be <laughs> oh shit oh <laughs> shit son oh my god oh paddo's down and out this is oh my god I'm... Yep, until next week. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> oh, I'm struggling to breathe here. Oh, oh, you dude. just started with the injuries. I'm going to go get rid of this before the smell moves. <laughs> even more. <laughs> <laughs> yep, okay. We'll start off with the injuries. And the first one is from my Giants. Lucky Whitfield suffered a, what, a supposed concussion during the game. He got subbed out. But don't be surprised if the uh, Giants actually try and appeal um, to the AFL to allow him to play this week. Um, because apparently, according to some sources on Twitter, he actually passed the concussion tests um, on the game or at the game, but then got subbed out and wasn't allowed back on. So he, they might appeal for that. So Lockie Whitfield, look at that one. If not, it's a mandatory one week. Um, Zachy Williams. That's actually... Um, um... Yep. Sorry, Dana, that's actually slightly wrong. So um, oh. he had another concussion test, I think, today, maybe yesterday. Um, and he failed it. Oh, so there you go. Delayed concussion. So he will definitely miss this week. 
Oh, was it work all day today? So I did not get to look that up. Sorry, guys. I might miss next week as well with some delayed fucking food poisoning or something. Um, Zach Williams, um, he's looking to miss about a week. Uh, Shit times. Uh, Paddy Cripps, uh, looks like he got a corky. He'd be listed as a test. Kyle Langford with the hammy TBC on that one. Um, It sounds like people that brought him in are really fucking annoyed with that one and don't blame him. Um, Zach Butters, um, if you brought him in, you're a fucking idiot. Um, Hamstring, so he's out for probably three to four weeks, maybe even longer. So there's our injuries done and dusted. Um, Pato, how are you going? Yeah, chuck me on that injury list as well. Um, <laughs> now, that was that was a mistype by me. Apologies. Ballas has done a knee, um, not a hamstring. I don't know what I've done there. I did it on a rush between work and basketball training tonight. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, now, sucks for me. I've got three of those five. Um, there were more injuries, obviously, over the AFL, but they're the super coach relevant ones. And hopefully nobody has more than three off that list because there are some relevant super coach plays there. Correct, correct. I've just got Williams myself, um, but sucks for everyone else that has three or more. Anyway, um, trade in targets, Pato. Um, we'll start off with your favourite that you keep mentioning um, in Lukey Dunstan from St Kilda. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned him on the, the podcast yet, Dana. You have, you have, you have. Oh, wait, no, you haven't. It was our friend James Durkin who keeps raising his name. My apologies. Yeah, uh, anyway, um, Lukey I- Dunstan. As a POD option, yeah. Um, I didn't. I, I looked at him last week, but didn't think he was super relevant. I thought it was just him playing sort of Adelaide, Richmond, Collingwood, um, and doing well in those games. But he's backed it up with a one fourteen against Brisbane. So I think that's enough. Where you've you've got to start paying attention to him now. Um, I don't think he's capable of the big scores like some of the other midfielders. Uh, he's got one hundred thirty one against North, but that's North, so you know that's twenty percent add on to that because yeah. they're so shit, um, even though they <laughs> knocked off the Eagles last night, but they're pretty shit too. Uh, yeah. But well, I don't think you can keep ignoring him. And he's at a pretty good price at 505, and he's probably going to get you 95 to 115 every week. Um, won't probably drop below that, but won't go over that either. So I think he's a really good M8 uh, guy for you. Um, yep, kind of yep. like a pendulum, won't, won't go massive, massive every week. May have the, a random 141 week, but um, yeah, pretty consistent. And sometimes that's all you need out of M8, not um, Patrick Cripps, which is my M8 and really tough to deal with. But I think it'd be a good M8 if you're looking for that final upgrade and you're a little bit strapped for cash. Yep. Next one, um, we're going to jump to the forward line here. And I'm going to say his name, Pato. I've got to say his name. You've just listed Collingwood forward. And I think it's time we mention who we're referring to every week with this Collingwood forward. You can. I'm not going to say his name. That's fair enough. It is Jordan DeFuckstick, a.k.a. Jordan DeGoey, a.k.a. Kmart Dusty, who is actually probably turning out to be... Well, I'm, I won't say it. Anyway, um, he's 456K, 76 average, but it's he's 102.5 round average, 118.3 round average. He's done it. Ever since his new coach took over, bam, he's been in that midfield, fucking carving it up. And I think it's safe to say that now he's a bona fide option and he's you should pick him over even steel side bottom. Someone like that. Like he's he's yeah, there. He's, I, he's there to stay. I think I'm doing a dance with the devil this week, Dano and community. Um, I think I'm bringing him in. 
Still won't bring myself to, to say his name on air. Uh, <laughs> just refuse to do it. Uh, but I, I can't keep ignoring it. And I think the role's there. Um, I didn't get to the game on Sunday. I watched every second of it, though. Sat through it painfully. But he killed us. Absolutely killed us. And he's done it for, for three weeks now. And I think that's enough evidence to suggest that the role is there to stay. Uh, he's got Carlton this week. Uh, he'll probably smash them. Um, and then he's got Port Adelaide, who have got a pretty good midfield, but then West Coast, Hawthorne, Brisbane, Essendon. So he's got a pretty decent run home. The role isn't going anywhere. Um, he could average 110 from here on out. And at 456,000, I think you need to bring him in. Yeah. Well, I was toying with him too, um, Pato. So... Yeah, you got to, you got to give really consider him now, especially if you've got luxury tra- uh, trades like myself. Um, anyway, we'll move on to Rowan Marshall, ruck forward, 438K, 85 average, 88 three-round average. It's now the four... I will call won't call it the four-week rule. I'll call it the four-game rule, Pato, like we did on the last podcast. So he's got the four games into him. Still has probably a tough fortnight, but is he back? Do you reckon he's going to bounce back? Do you reckon he's uh, going to pump out those big scores? He's played three weeks, sorry, Dano, not four, since coming back from the surgery. Yeah, so um, the fourth the fourth game is where yeah, they pop. Yeah. Is what we're saying. Um, the four-game rule. Yeah, look, sorry. I'm not really big on Roel Marshall. I, I've spoken to plenty of people that are really big on him. Um, I just, I'm not sure. I'm really uncertain of this one. Uh, he's got two tough weeks coming up in Port Adelaide and West Coast. Then he's got a pretty decent last month with Carlton, Sydney, Geelong and Frio. Uh, probably a real tough game round 23 with the way Sean Darcy is absolutely flying. Fuck yes. Um, and that's probably three out of five tough games. Sorry, three out of six tough games. So that's why I'm a little bit bullish on it, um, as well as the fact that he is a constant injury issue with that foot that's flared up three times now this year. I know he's had surgery, but look, it's still a chance of popping off. So... Yep. I'm I've, I'm putting a line through Roel Marshall's uh, name even since he, he did it that third time. Um, and I'll look at him again next year if he has a full preseason and that foot doesn't flare up again. I just haven't seen enough from him this year. And I think it's a let's look again next year, even if he is yep. just a ruck or if he's a ruck forward. Uh, hopefully Paddy Ryder moves on and I'll be very confident with starting him next year if he gets through a preseason. But there's too many question marks for me this year. Yep. Um, by the way, guys, we are taking a bit of a turn this week. So we're not doing our usual defense mid ruck fucking forward line heaps of trade-ins because everyone's pretty much finished their teams now. So we're just rattling off a few here and there um, just to keep you on your radars and whatnot. Anyway, Lucky Bramble is not a primo, but 222K mid, minus 68 break even. The 120 last round, oof, took Taranto off the field. Easiest choice of my life. Um, helped me win a fair few head-to-heads that one too. Um, so he, he looked great. Pato, what do you reckon? Is he must have? Yeah. This is a super interesting one. Super interesting. I actually said to a guy from work on Saturday, which was just after did Carlton play Saturday? I don't fucking know. I don't care about irrelevant. Whenever they played, but it was just after Zach <laughs> Williams went down and, and I wasn't sure how serious that was, but I said to him, if he was if he's out for a month, I'll trade him out. And I've got Laird in my midfield. So I would have traded Laird, obviously, into my defense, traded Williams out. And I told him I would trade Lockie Bramble in if I had a long-term injury at 222000 and I would upgrade elsewhere. Um, that's how good he looked 
on the weekend. Mm. Playing that halfback role, he looked incredible. He looked like he has played that role for 100 games. And Freo aren't any any pushovers anymore. Uh, they're, they're playing quite good footy. They're very underrated. They're sort of flying under the radar because they – they don't play the Friday night games. They don't. They, they sort of play Sunday Arvo when no one really watches, um, especially Freo games. But they've got the <laughs> Thursday night this week. So all eyes will be on them. It'll be interesting to see how they go in that slot. But I digress a little. Lockie Bramble looked incredible on the weekend if you didn't see him play. Um, absolutely at home. So look, if you brought in a Zach Butters or something and you only got one or two trades left, I would fuck, say fuck it and bring Bramble in. Uh, pocket the change and if you've got another trade upgrade your final spot to a parish or get one of those uber guys that, that's how confident i am that this guy could average 95 to 100 for the rest of the season playing that halfback role there's no way they're moving him off that <coughs> halfback line he looked that yep. good yep yep sweet but a bloke that looked the best sean darcy my boy 648K ruck, 119 average, 144 five-round average, 155 three-round average. You said last week it won't be crazy to uh, trade out Gorn for uh, Darcy. And I said, don't give away my trade secrets. I didn't actually end up doing it, Pato, because I had bigger fish to fry. Um, in the end, I probably should have freaking traded for him because now he's out of reach. And he absolutely killed it. Um, I think he's the new... He's top two ruck. Top two ruck now. Sorry, Gorney, you've shifted to third. What are your thoughts, Pato? Yeah, we didn't mention on the podcast, and I'm I'm sorry for that. I, I, for those that don't follow me on Twitter, I, I posted before they played that, um, just trying to yeah. bring it up. But basically, Pretty much to trade if Gorn went, if you wanted to. Gorn down to, to Darcy, which is pretty much a sideways trade. But Gorn's in 60% of teams and Sean Darcy was in 2%. Um, now, obviously, that will change a lot mm. probably this week. But the crazy thing is, Dano, Sean Darcy has a break-even of eight, a projected score of 153 because he's playing the Cats, who mm. seem to be just be playing forwards and defenders in that ruck spot because they don't really care because they've got no salary to, to sign a proper ruck. He's projected to go up $64,000. Fuck which puts him at 710-odd thousand. Fucking hell. <laughs> and he'll keep going up if he keeps pumping out these scores. Now, his last two, Dano, 183 and 193, mm-hmm. um, which is just fucking absurd. Um, he had 90 against Grundy, which is no small feat as well. So I'm, I'm just saying, um, imagine him pumping out another 180. I think we will see the the highest ever three-round average in Supercoach history. If he pumps yeah, out a 180 of, this week, 180 plus. A lot of pressure on him, but he might get 750000 if he does that. Um, and that's not even an exaggeration. Now, the other thing is, he's probably only got one tough rucking game for the rest of the year, and that's round 22 against Nick Nat, um, where he scored 74 against the Eagles in round seven. Yep. But other than that, he's got Geelong, Sydney, Richmond, Brisbane, St. Kilda, where are his other games? Fuck. So, look, if you've got the trades, um, it's a bit of an upgrade now from Gorn. But Sean Darcy gives you a great point of difference. And most people, like myself, have just cooked all their trades, don't know. Mm-hmm. So not many people can afford this luxury trade. And this is why 
Dana, this is why you hold your trades for, for stuff like this. Um, massive, massive point of difference. He's in 4,230 teams, Dana. You're making me, you're making me um, want to just trade him in and hope that he gets a 180. Mate, if if I had the trades, I would find a way, um, even if it was to I'd have to burn two. Trip. I'd have to burn two but trades. I would, I would fucking do it. Because um, I'm really worried about Gorn. His, mm. his rucks... His ruck uh, time compared with Jackson is just, it's worrying. Now, yeah. Gorn's down to 581,000, Dano. Mm. Um, now, he's still averaging 122, but his three-round average is 102. Yep. And a five-round average of 113. And you compare that with uh, Darcy, which we read out before. Um, yeah, that's pretty scary. Now, Gorn is playing Hawthorne this week. who He had 172 against in round five, but I believe Luke Jackson didn't play that game which would explain the big score. And Hawthorne do give up really big scores to Ruckman traditionally this year, like massive, massive scores. But how much is Jackson going to ruck? Now, I think Gorn is being managed a little bit in games, and that's why Jackson is rucking more than he was at the start of the year. And that's why Gorn, I don't think, is any longer a VC or C option, sadly. Yeah, it um, sucks. But the only positive in that is that he probably won't get rested for a game. Because he is being managed in game, yeah. But I'm still a little bit concerned as a Gorn owner. Basically, what we're trying to say is, if you fucking got the money and you can do it, get Sean Darcy. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, it, it's it's the pure definition of the luxury trade. Um, yeah. And yeah, if we're talking next year, which we aren't tonight, maybe next week, community. Um, but if we're talking next year, I think Darcy, no matter what his price is, I think he's a leading candidate to be Grundy's running mate um, in Supercoach. Well, like I said, this year, I wanted him in my team at the start of the year, but unfortunately, fucking was an emergency in round one, dickheads. Anyway, season could have been a bit different. At 420K, that, he's, that was his starting price. He's almost going to double his starting price. Yeah. Insane. Fuck. Anyway, we'll move on to the next bloke, which is Christian Petrarca, 572K, 110 average. Final mid spot, man. Like he burst out into a crazy score last week. So yeah, I'll just Yeah. It's that it's it's the Petrarca time. He always finished he finished the season off strong last year as well, didn't he? Yep, yep. And listen to this run home, Dano. Uh, he's got the Bulldogs in round 20, which is a tough game, a very tough game. But aside from that, he's got Hawthorne and Gold Coast in his next two. Then after the Bulldogs, he's got West Coast, Adelaide and Geelong. So he could mm. uh, power home. So in Geelong, in, against Geelong in round four, Petrarca scored 146. So that that gives you the, the sort of scope of what he might finish with. Now we've been mentioning him in him for a few weeks now as someone that will probably storm home and it's happening. He's at 173 against Port Adelaide. Um, and I, I can see him average, keeping up this three round average for the rest of the year. And that's 130. So if you're looking for that final midfield spot, I think Petrarca is your guy. Um, we left someone off the list too, Pato, um, yeah, that we were discussing I've, I've before the podcast. Someone, I've got to mention someone I've got to put in the podcast too. Yeah. Oh, was that do you want to? Well, you can mention both of them. Uh, well, I, I was going to mention Shea Bolton. Yep. Okay. I was going to do Taylor Adams. 
There you go. Yep. So Shea yep. Bolton is 422,000. Um, he's gone down 40K uh, since having a few bad games. His break game is at 107. But I think he, he passed the eye test on Sunday. Um, he did have a couple of kicks on out on the full. Um, had a couple of sort of handballs that went a little bit astray. But other than that, he looked really good. And I think his score of 84 didn't really do his game justice. Yeah. So I, I think he's in for a really big last six weeks. And I think he's at a really good price point. Um, I think he was managing something. A couple of weeks ago, there was a rumor that he went in for scans. Um, nobody came out with what it was, whether it was the wrist, whether they were just getting a final sort of scan on that to see if that's healed or whether it's something else that he's been dealing with. But he played a bit more forward for a couple of weeks. Um, but he played predominantly midfield on Sunday, and it's worth noting that Marby Old Child was going up against Brody Grundy. So, yep. look, he's trying to push shit uphill to try and get that first touch on the footy. Uh, Nankervis, I think, is going to miss again on Friday night against the Lions, but he'll probably play next week. That's the, the early word out of Tigerland this week. Might get up, though. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. But, yeah, I think Nankervis coming back will help someone like Bolton a lot just being able to get that first use out of the center and no one can catch Shea Bolton. He's a fucking jet. So yep. at 422,000, I think it's a really good option. Um, it's, it's up to him or that Collingwood forward as to who I'm bringing <laughs> in this week. Um, I'm very conflicted because I think the Collingwood player will probably score more, but Bolton is my favorite player at Richmond. So I'm really sometimes, sometimes wrestling with that aside. Yeah. I'm wrestling with the devil and the angel on each shoulder here. And it's a flip of a coin for me, but we'll see what happens. Yep. And I'll go on to Taylor Adams here. Now he's four and sorry, he's 516 K he's three rounds. He's got 110, 112, and 140 since he's come back. It's his fourth game. So he could even go bigger than 140 or match it or whatever. So I think he's, he's well and truly good. I think as an M8 option, he is handy. I mean, he started the season at 588,000. So you know he's good, and he's got his. It looks like he's got his body right again. So, um, with Taylor Adams, I'm contemplating bringing him into my side um, as a bit of a luxury to piss off um, Timmy Taranto. Um, but yeah, if you've got those luxury trades, he's one that I'd consider. Um, but Pato, what do you think? I really like it. He was the one that really turned the game for for Collingwood on the weekend. Um, really passed the eye test. The only issue is that injury history. So he played the first yeah. four weeks of the year, was a little bit up and down, went 42, 119, 66, 62, then went down. Uh, I think he had a hamstring or a knee or something like that. Came back for one game against Port Adelaide for a 92, uh, went down then, early in that yeah. game, sort of third quarter. So he was on track for a really good score um, and then missed another five weeks. So he's had three really good games at 110, 112 and 140. We know the roles there. He's a, he's a clearance beast and he's going to get those midfield minutes. Yep. It's just his body. So I feel like if you are to bring him in, you would need to have two or three injury trades there just in case he does go down again. But it could be a really good POD for, for people, Dano. He's in 1,714 teams, which is just 1%. So yeah, I really like him as a POD. But as I said, I wouldn't be bringing him in with your final trade. Uh, oh, but yeah, if you've got extra trades after doing this trade, then I would really look at doing this as a point of difference. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Anyway, Pado, so we're doing things a bit different this week and 
we're going to do a bit of reflection time on the season and like what we think our biggest mistakes are, biggest regrets, what our master strokes were, that sort of thing. So uh, what is your biggest mistake for the season? I think we're going to have the same one. I've had many, many mistakes, Dano. Um, the biggest though, the biggest, mistake. the biggest one. I mean, the biggest one in terms of my starting team has to be starting Tom Phillips. Yeah. That has haunted me weekly all year. And I think I'm now stuck with him. Yeah. Which really hurts. I, I watched that game pretty closely because I had quite a few players playing. Um, and Tom Phillips is always around the ball, but never fucking gets the thing. And it's so frustrating <laughs> because he covers so much ground. And that's why he is a pretty decent wingman in real life. But he just, he never gets near it. So it's super frustrating. He scored fucking 53, averaging 69. So, so many times I've looked at him and I've just had other issues uh, to deal with. And now it's the point where, for those that don't know, I've, I've got two trades left before trades this week. Um, that's with Paddy Dow on field. So I've had to use one trade to, to get Paddy Dow up to a premium. Unfortunately, that premium looks like he's wearing black and white, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and Tom Phillips is my D, uh, the F6, which is really bad. Um, another mistake that I've made was starting Patrick Cripps. Yep. I don't know. And I made, the same, I made the same mistake and I brought him back in. So I traded him out. I finally <laughs> had enough of him. And then I traded the fucker back in once those tackle numbers went up. Um, I reckon in about, around the buys, I think, just after his buy, maybe. Um, I thought, yep, he's going to fly home. Yeah, he scored 133 against Sydney in 81. Uh, sorry, yeah, 94, 95, 133. <coughs> yep. Sorry for the cough. But uh, yeah, that he's absolutely on my never again list. Um, I always get sucked into this fucker and I always regret. It. Yeah. Um, so no one please let me trade in or even look at trading in Patrick Cripps ever again, please. Yeah. Oh, I'll go into the my... other obvious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Other obvious one, which I think is what you were referring to before, Dano, was we both didn't start Jack Siebel. And yeah, that was my biggest mistake. At the end of the day, if for people that didn't start Jack Siebel, um, you're miles behind the competition, even if you brought him in later on. So he's gone up three hundred thousand. Uh, over the year. So he started at about 250,000, which is absurd. Now at that price range, I started Jordan Clark instead of Zebel, And I could only really afford to have one guy at that price range because I started Grundy and Gorn. And yeah. Jordan Clark was clearly the wrong option. And I should have known not to trust Chris Scott and Geelong because they always do this to rookies. And Jordan Clark will be in different colors next year. Um, and I think it'd be a really good option next year, depending on where he goes. But um yeah, starting him over Zebel hurt and it's still hurting because I still don't have Zebel and it's clearly too late now. Yeah, my biggest mistake was not starting Jack Zebel and I was just like, nah, he's not going to keep this up. Don't trade him in, don't trade him in. I still don't have him. Um, I ended up settling for other people, but that cash generation early on fucked my rank early um, and took me a little bit to get back into it. The other one that was my biggest mistake was starting Matt Rowell. Because I knew his injury history. I was like, nah, I'm, he's going to get over it. And straight away, he goes down. So I got to pick more, well, less injury prone people next year in both draft and in classic. Um, that's going to be my thing. It's, yeah, I just, 
even though they look so good when they're discounted, they're discounted for a reason. So, uh, but in saying that, I'll probably end up starting around next year <laughs> after he has a full preseason. Um, other big mistake probably would have been starting Josh Kelly. So I was like, he's in for a huge year. Little did I know that fuckwit Leon Cameron was going to play him out of position for a fair chunk of that start of the season and his price would plummet and his scoring was suffering and I could have got someone else around that price uh, that was like even a steal or someone I could have gotten and I just never did. So starting Josh Kelly was probably one of my other biggest mistakes too. Yeah, I also started Josh Kelly, Dano, um, and you actually talked me into it. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought he was going to explode, which he's, yeah. he's, he's going good now that he's in his normal position, but fucking hell, Leon Cameron is a dumb fuck. Yeah, the yeah. fact that he's, he's scored well after holding him this whole time has sort of compounded the, the mistake for me. Um, it hurts a little bit, though. I'm looking at his starting price, 615000 Just imagine yeah. what you could get with that, Dano. You could have started a Bontempelli... Yeah, uh, I'm a Cray. I didn't start either of those two, um, and they were at that price range. Uh, and yeah. he got down to five hundred and eight thousand, and that was in round seven. And that was when after he scored one hundred twenty nine. So, if you waited to see that that role change, you saw it against Adelaide. You could have brought him in against Essendon in round eight for one hundred eleven, and he hasn't dropped under hundred that whole time, Dano. And yeah, yeah, that. It's all about jumping on at the right time. And I, I feel like, yeah. yeah, same thing. Josh Kelly is someone that you've really got to see the form first, um, especially with his injury history and, and whatnot. But look, in hindsight, he had, he had a, pre, a full preseason for the first time in, in God knows how long. So I'm not yep. surprised that he has managed to stay on the park this whole, whole year, Dano. Yep. But obviously a little bit of in-game management from Leon Cameron and co kind of hurt his scoring early on in the year. Yep. So... Yeah, we're going roundabout in circles here, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to I've got another bloke, but I think rather than biggest mistake, I'm going to call put him down as biggest regret, and we're going to do that in a minute. Um, but ne- never again list, Pato. Who is on your never again list after this season? Well, Patrick Cripps, most fucking definitely. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, as as well as Phillips, clearly, but he should never be looked yeah. at for a Supercoach team ever again. Yep. Um, and I think there's, we'll talk about this in a second, but I think there's a massive lesson learned, um, but we'll talk about that when it comes, Dano. But yep. um, look, I think Zach Williams needs to go on that list. Yep, fair. fair. I, um, I started Zach Williams, held him through that one-week suspension, and he's been okay, but in a, in a year where the back line has been so good for, for Supercoach scoring, we've seen Laird and Mills both go over 110. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen... Ridley go over 100, Lloyd's over 105. Like we've got a really good backline, and I've been stuck with Zach Williams as my D6 most of the year. Um, ahead of someone like Tom Stewart, who is just a gun, yeah. absolute gun. So I've got um, I've got a different sort of one for you, Pato, as yeah. my never again list. And you're probably going to be shocked by this. And it's Caleb Daniel. I just can't trust Bevo with his role. And yeah, I just, I'm never going to touch Caleb Daniel as long as he is in Footscray colours. Yeah, totally fair. He's been thrown around way too much, which is just criminal. Yeah. For a guy that is coming off an All-Australian year as a halfback, 
And I, I feel yeah. like it was, it was as much to do with the rules changing this year as to the reason why he has been moved around a little bit. Uh, yep. it's, it's less about that sort of chip around in the back line to get the forward ascension and more about just looking to get it long and whatnot. And that's why guys like Bailey Dale and Bailey Williams have sort of flourished in that back line for the doggies. But yeah, Caleb Daniel has really come victim to that. And he's played a bit of midfield, played a bit of wing, played a bit half forward. It's like they're trying to find a role for him. And I don't yeah. get it because this, guy, this is an all Australian half back and you're throwing him around. It's, it's criminal. And the other one that's on my never again list. And I think you know who I'm going to talk about because I talked about him before the podcast started recording. Toronto? No, it's still side bottom because he's oh, fucking yeah. ancient. And I'm up, I've had it up to here and I'm raising my fucking hand, almost touching the ceiling right now with his shit and his shit scores, like pumping out a 21 week and a 31 week. And then he had a thing three weeks in a row of 90s. Yeah, sweet. But I, at the price that I got him in at, I wanted him to, you know, actually be a primo, not a fucking shit hack. So steel side bottom. Sorry, mate, but you're on my never again list. I just can't do it. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I, this this is one I actually avoided. I, I I was going to start him. He was in my team, but he got injured in that in that preseason game that they had. Um, and that was the reason I didn't start him. It was quite expensive, but I but. Someone like Stuart Sidebottom, I was more than prepared to to pay the price um, that he started yeah. in. And it was about 580 for memory, maybe a little bit more, maybe 600. But I was going to. Um, hindsight also tells me that I changed Sidebottom to Patrick Dangerfield. And obviously, we all know what happened to him after round one. So, yeah, I mean... The, the other positive in that is after round one, I turned Dangerfield into Callum Mills, who has had a breakout year. So although it was a waste, it was a used trade, um, I turned Dangerfield into Mills. And the fact that Steel Sidebottom kept playing games meant I would not have traded him to yeah. Callum Mills, obviously. Yeah. So I've kind of avoided one there, even though it's still a, a, a use of a trade that I didn't really want to have to use that early. Yeah. But yeah, oh. still sort of compound to that. Unlike you, who uh, went to Dane Zorko, Dano, and um, just fucking yeah. Anyway, tore it. No, yeah, just tore it a new one. So I was happy with that. Um, but we're going to move on to something that's very similar, which is biggest regret this year. And I'm going to kick us off because every year in our group chat, I'm fucking raging my head off whenever I watch a Gold Coast Suns game, and that is Jack Lukosius. When I brought him in. I did not fathom that his role would change in round three after Day went down. Um, and he went from that cushy back half role to all of a sudden playing in the forward line and whatnot. And he went from 110 to like fucking 50 in an instant until Day came back. He's starting to go okay now though. But my regret was when I brought him in was in round three after those two 100 plus scores. And yeah, he just went to shit for me straight away. And the other one, my biggest regret was trading in Andy Brayshaw as well at that time because Andy Brayshaw killed it in those first two games and then he, he went down um, in his scoring for that bit and kind of has been up and down since. He's still going to be really good next year, but my biggest regret was bringing him in when I did early on in the season because it really put me back in the rankings a bit more and it took me a while to catch back up again. Yeah, that's an interesting one because he's still he's been okay. He hasn't set the world on fire, Brayshaw, but 
Yeah. I think he's been pretty good. Now, I'm not an owner, I must admit. Um, I was big on him for a couple of weeks there and, and never ended up bringing him in because I had other issues. But when, when you yeah. had the option to go some of these other names, and one of them I will rattle off, which was my other big regret was not getting Parrish after I told everyone to get him in after the Anzac Day game at 400 and it was 95K. I didn't get him in myself because I didn't have the cash to do it. And I was like, no, I'll just hold a week. Well, I was fucking regretting that, wasn't I, Pato? <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's way out of reach. Yeah, way out of reach. And that would have turned, and as we said in that podcast, that is a trade that can turn your season around. And sure enough, he fucking exploded and has been a jet since. So, fuck. That's another big regret for me is not jumping on Parish when I was going to, but then couldn't do it or chose not to and hold off a week. And that holding off a week fucked me up pretty much. Anyway, what about you, Pato? What are your biggest regrets this season? Uh, maybe not regrets, but I, I traded two guys in at almost max price. Yeah, okay. And they both sort of plummeted. So one was super unlucky. One was Josh Dunkley, um, yeah. who I, I brought in the week he went down, which really really hurt um so i he was my vice captain against the giants so he had 132 which i took so i got 264 points out of him but it it cost me two trades and that really hurt but not so much a regret more of just a really unlucky moment um but getting him in at at full price so starting him would have cost you 560,000, and it really was the move um and then having to trade him straight back out again really hurt uh, the other one that I brought in at almost max price was Jordan Ridley, which I'm spewing, absolutely spewing. I remember very avidly. I brought him in just before the Sydney game. So I brought him in at 586,000. Yep. He scored 124 against the Swans. I was happy with that. But then the following week was when he went down with that concussion with a 31 and then obviously missed a week and then did 87, 84 and never really looked the same since that huge first month. So <coughs> that was a little bit of a regret. You've really got to bite yep. your tongue really um, and, and not get those guys in at full price, I think. And that's got to be a lesson learned. Yeah. yeah. Not that, to get sucked in by someone averaging 130 and think, Oh, he's going to be the number one defender after three weeks. You don't know. And we've seen like, he's not the number one defender. Callum Mills is. And, Rory Laird isn't too far behind him. So it's it's tough um, watching a guy absolutely dominate. Even we're seeing with Bonson Pally as well. Um, people brought him in at 650,000. Now he's going to plummet. His break even is 199, which I mean, he's playing the Suns, so he might get close to it. But he's going to come down to almost 600,000 again um, in yep. a couple of weeks. And it's about jumping on at the right time. And the last two weeks is at 83 and 114 in a couple of tough games. So it's easy to jump on and see a guy that has a three-round average of 150 or something and thought, I need this guy. But sometimes you just got to wait for that one game where it could be an injury, it could be a, um, a hard tag if it's a, if it's a midfielder like Bontempelli, and just to get wait until they do get a bit more obtainable uh, rather than wasting two or three trades just to get the one guy in at 650000 Sometimes it's worth just waiting. Yep. Now, what are some of your master strokes this year, Pato? That you've pulled off. Aaron Hall was one of them. Um, yeah, absolute same. master throw. Um, you you got him in the week before I did. Still cheap as fuck. 
still absolutely cheap as fuck. I reckon he was about 420 when I brought him in. Um, so I've been very happy with that one. Um, he hasn't dropped 100 except for that one game against the Suns, which was probably just a little bit of um, stage fright against his former team. Uh, maybe felt a little bit guilty for chasing the money rather than staying there. Um, but that was a bit of a masterstroke. Um, now, the other masterstroke, I think I mentioned it before, was uh, turning Patrick Dangerfield into Callum Mills after he went down in round one. Um, I like to yeah. think that's a, a bit of a masterstroke because to, to his two horses' credit, he's kept Callum Mills in that midfield role. He's looked really good and is absolutely killing it. It's going to be really sad to see him move to a mid-only next year. Um, but he's still only in just 21% of teams, don't know, which is absurd. But yeah, I brought him in. At 544,000, I saw that 154 against the Lions and it could well have backfired. It could have been another one of those big regret moments, but I've been more than happy with Callum Mills um, churning out big score after big score and leading my defense beautifully. Yep. Um, so mine was obviously the Aaron Hall and also bringing in Tom Hawkins, both at bargain basement prices. Um, starting Callum Mills was a masterstroke for me, I've got to admit. I, don't, I honestly didn't know why no one else started him. Um, but then everyone's like, oh, horse fucking lies and rah, rah, rah. Nah, mate, he was very clear. He's like, he will play in the middle. So jumping on Mills over Lloyd has been a masterstroke for me. The thing um, is, Dano, yep. people were bullish about that because we've heard that all before with Isaac Heaney. And he'll play for he'll play midfield for a month and average 120, but then all of a sudden Buddy Franklin will go down or they'll lose Sam Reed or someone like that. And it's like, all right, Isaac Heaney's really good above his head, so he's the one that goes forward. And I think people got really stage fright because of that. Um, you know, in hindsight, Jake Lloyd could have gone down after round two and Keller Mills could well have gone back to that back line. So obviously we won't know. Unless you it happens, steal next my year. thunder, mate. You just steal my thunder. I'm talking about master strokes here, and you just oh, no, it, I'm, I'm, it I'm, down, saying I'm saying that's an absolute master stroke. Um, starting him, Dano, no, full credit to you, but yeah, the, the reason why people didn't like the thought of starting him was because we've heard it all from horse before, and we that's have what, been that's basically what I said. Was yeah, that, yeah, we know he does that all the time, but he was very adamant in the preseason, so that's why I started him. Um, anyway, the other one I'm going to mention, I've only had him for a couple of rounds and that's Sam Walsh. Um, he's actually, his lowest score for me is 138, um, which was round 16. So I've only had him round 16 and round 17. So round 16, he got 138 round 17, he got 158. So he's averaging about 148 for me. So fuck yeah. Just, just quickly, slightly off topic. He was unbelievable on the weekend against the cats now. Oh Yeah. Hundred percent. He and he almost single-handedly got them over line as well. If if his fucking dumbass forwards didn't kick so shit, um, the cats would have knocked off. Sorry, the Blues would have knocked off the cats. And Sam Sam Walsh is going to be a star. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. I'm starting him next year, no matter what his price is. He's um, oh fuck He's yeah. going to be an absolute gun. Yeah, he's he, he got to start him over Cripps. Cripps is shit now. Um, yeah, well, it's Walsh's team. It's Walsh's team. Um, looking at my team again, let's see. Do, 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 do. Well, everyone had Rory Led, so that's okay. Everyone pretty much had McRae, so that's okay. Um, bringing Grundy in when I did, because I started Flynn at R2, um, which was good in round one, but then after that kind of went eh, a little bit. But bringing Grundy in when I did was good. Um, other than that, that's pretty much all I can really think of. 
um, in terms of that. Um, yeah, but there's been a few master strokes there, but the trade-ins at their bargain basement price um, is what I pretty much pride myself on. So um, that trade to Zorko when Zorko went and it exploded and just kept going. So there we go. Um, I've got anyway, one more. Oh, yep. I've got one more regret, Dano. And uh, I know a lot of people have, have done something similar, but starting a non-playing rookie at 102K, I, I think I regret that. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Fife is the one that I chose. Um, he, he's come in handy every now and then. But I, I think in hindsight and from now on, I think I'll learn that lesson and I won't start anyone non-playing. So it pretty much says that you can't loophole round one. Um, I think the only exception to that rule would be if we don't have a rookie ruck playing. I think you could probably use that R3 spot for a 102k ruck slash forward maybe for some flexibility um if we don't have a matt flynn or a josh tracy or something like that playing uh sorry it was lloyd meek not josh tracy starting round one um but say we're coming into round one next year and we don't have any rookie priced rucks playing i think you could probably do that there but other than that i think you've got enough rookies playing uh sorry named for round one i think you just named you, you pick as many as you can um, because you just never know when you'll need them. Like we've had well, Tyler Brockman did well on the weekend for a 60, but he hasn't played since sort of round three or four. And there's nothing worse than a rookie plays three or four games, goes up 20K and you're sitting at 160K on your bench and it, it kills you. So I think in hindsight, I should have used that mid spot for an actual playing mid rather than eight and five. Well, in saying that though, I'm not against picking rookies that are cheap that you think will play in let's say round three or four but miss out on rounds one and two i'm not against that because the amount of times we traded out guys that played round one and and that play round one and round two and then don't play again is insane so i don't i don't mind it it's like um oh here we go starting nick cox was a bit of a master stroke for me this year, even though he was 170k, when he went on that mini run and made that cash for us, it was really good. So, and like people with Archie Perkins, I don't know if there's many, um, they'll be laughing right now too. So, I don't, I don't mind it if if you think that they're going to play, let's say round four onwards, but not starting someone that's you know, like we all knew that Aiden Fife was not going to play a game this year. We all knew it. And um, yeah, a lot of us started him. And then you look at the guys like Sharp. We brought Sharp in, knowing full well he's probably not going to play that many games, but we brought him in anyway. So, and that's Harry Sharp. Um, Harry Sharp of Brisbane, I think it is. Yeah, Jeremy Sharp's the one at Gold Coast. Yeah, Harry Sharp. Yeah. Could you imagine, Dano, uh, if Aiden Fife miraculously debuts this year? Oh, fuck. I don't think it'll happen. I don't even know if he's playing VFL at the moment, but it'd be so funny because I reckon he's in 30% of teams. Um, I'll check just quickly. Yeah, yeah. He's in 16% of teams. <laughs> he's in almost as many teams as Callum Mills. How crazy is that? He is in six... Well, how many teams is does um, fucking Sean Darcy in? Because he's probably about four times that. 2%. 2%. Oh, yeah, he's eight times the amount of teams as Sean Darcy. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Anyway, Pato, um, do we want to get on to the captain's picks, the vice captain and captain's picks? Because that we got no questions from our listeners for the first time this year. Yeah, just quickly, uh, Aiden Fife didn't even play VFL, so and I don't think he's injured. So surely he's not not playing in the VFL. But anyway, that's that's off topic. Let's move on. Yep. Uh, yeah, no questions this week. I think everyone's completed their teams. So yeah. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of a different uh, taste to the podcast for the rest of the year. We're happy to keep recording. But community, if you've got any suggestions, please shoot them through. If there's anything you want us to talk about, whether it's something about next year um, or more reflections on our, our personal teams this year or or whatnot, please send them through. We're, we're open to really trying anything you guys want to hear. Yep, yep. Anyway, we are not called the Super Coach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options to try and better your team. Um, we've got a few in the top 100 at the moment that have told us we want to have more. Um, I don't know. But anyway, we'll start off with Thursday night footy. Uh, Fremantle versus Geelong. And I think it's safe to say that you got to have, if, you, if you're one of those teams that has Sean Darcy, you got to fucking chuck a VC on him. Yeah, I think that's the obvious one. Um, I'm not sure if there's any really other options. Um, I, I don't like Dangerfield. He's got a very poor record against Frio. How very about Tomahawk? Tomahawk, just because Fremantle's defense isn't as great as what it could be, don't be surprised if Tomahawk actually pulls his finger out and kicks a bag and does all of those things against Frio. So I'm going to say Tomahawk is VC. Um, Tom Stewart, another one, potentially. But I think there's better VCs in the next few games. So you happy with that game, Pato? Yeah, Sean Darcy is the one for me. Yeah, if you can, if you've got him, if you or if you bring him in, or actually, we've our favorite. We've got to mention our favorite. Coming off a really good game, but it's worth noting that Selwood didn't play, so the midfield minutes were there. I. I, the, yeah, the guff I don't think looks great with Dangerfield. And I think there's enough evidence now to suggest that if all of Dangerfield, Guthrie and Selwood play, as well as sort of Parfit and those guys that they're running through the midfield, um, I, I think there's not enough midfield minutes to go around for the guff to be as good yeah, as he was looking at Dangerfield. That's not who I was referring to. He's one Luke of my favourites. It's fucking Luke Ryan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind Luke Ryan either. As a VC. Um, anyway, we'll go to a Friday game. Your Pussycats, okay, the Tigers, versus <laughs> versus the Lions. Fuck, it's a battle of the fucking big cats. Battle of big cats. Yeah. Big pussy. No, there's only one big cat playing on Friday. The Richmond are fucking terrible at the moment. Um, put, put, a, put a fork in us. We're done this year. Um, yep. Yeah, I... I I like one Richmond player, and that's Jaden Short, who had 129 without Basher Hawley next to him. Yeah. Um, as as we sort of called last week. Yeah. I really he scores like better Jayden without him. Short. Yeah. Um, last year without Basher Hawley in the team, uh, Jaden Short scored 125 against the Lions. Uh, this year against the Lions, he had about a 70 something. Uh, 77. That was with Basher Hawley. So. Correct. Um, could uh, can he go big enough to justify a VC? I'm not sure. I, I think the Brisbane well, will probably spank us, and there probably won't be enough t- uh, points. Well, in saying that, aren't Brisbane uh, a team that likes to spray a few? Like last round, they got eight goals, fifteen behinds. So we're looking, we're looking oh, at some serious kicking power here. That's an Let's interesting go. point, Daniel, because Jaden Short took all of our kick-ins last week. 
Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at let's let's look at the thing got 13 goals 16 against the Cats. Um let's look back again. Oh, let's see them against North Melbourne, nine goals fourteen. So we're looking at some serious kicking power here. Um let's look at round 13 for them for the kick. Oh no, that was their buy fuck. Um against Melbourne, they had oh, 11 goals nine. So they actually kicked straight against well, still relatively straight-ish. Um, against the Giants, they had 19 goals, 15. Um, against the Tigers last time, they had 15 goals, 12. So there's some serious kicking points for Jaden Short up for grabs there, Pato. Yeah, not a bad shout. Um, I don't mind yeah. it. Now, another one I really like is Lockie Neal. Um, his last three against the Tigers. So in, in 2018, he went 123. 2019, he went 190. 2020 he went 149 and the way that our midfield is going at the moment um it is absolutely cooked but it is also worth noting that Trent Cochin is looking cooked at the moment and they're trying to find a role for him still in that midfield because he really is not the sort of player that can play sort of half forward half back because he contested mm. beast and that's pretty much all he brings and they've trialed him as a little bit of a tagger um so Lockie Neal could be someone that Trent Cochin could go sort of head-to-head with and kind of negate his game. Um, we'll just sort of keep tabs on that and see, see what happens out of that. But look, oh, as a VC, you can probably afford to pay the risk. And if Brisbane win by 60 points, like I think they will, uh, Lockie Neal could well have a really big one. I'm going to also say Dane Zorko. I thought I had a fucking awesome VC on the weekend when he was on 80 at halftime. Then kind of fizzled out a bit, but um, I don't. He's just got that potential to fucking go huge. So, um, if VC on Zorko is not a bad shout either. I reckon. Um, yeah. Move on to Saturday. So we got the fucking the midgets. Okay, the Giants um, versus the Sydney Swans. I don't like this one at all because, well, knowing then they'll probably fucking Giants will probably end up winning, and then fucking Leon Cameron will sign a fucking eight year deal. Anyway. That's me venting. Um, in this one, it is not at the SCG, Pato. It is not there. It is at Mars Stadium. So in saying yeah, that it's so, not at the SCG, who are we going to talk about here? Yeah, there's so much COVID happening in New South Wales at the moment. They've sent this game to fucking the next planet across. <laughs> um, that's how fucked New South Wales are. So you know, a huge shout out to anyone that might be listening from New South Wales. Yep. And stuck in lockdown, we we are both from Victoria, so we both know what you're going through. Um, stick with it, though. It, it does feel like it's it's an eternity, but like it feels like so long ago that we we're in our lockdown. So it does get better. Um, stick with it. Pick up a hobby if you if you have to. If you don't play video games or something, go buy yourself a PlayStation and and get some games and just sort of just just stick to it. Um, you'll be fine. That's what I did. Um, sat on my ass, drank too much, and played Xbox and watched the footy. So um, it wasn't the worst life. Um, fucking back to picking VC and C options. Um, right. I actually, I thinking, funnily enough, I don't really like anyone in this game. Um, it's a tricky one. Because Josh Kelly it's going to be. Oh, I thought you were going to say because it's going to be cold as fuck. But I was implying well, Callum Mills because yeah, no, it's not Callum the Mills SCG. Yeah, Callum Mills is probably the only one that I would be looking at. Uh, Josh Kelly will probably get tagged. Sydney do like to, to run with a tagger. Um, Lockie Whitfield obviously isn't playing. Um, Actually, here, here's a shout. Here's a shout. 
I don't mind a Jacob Hopper just because I'm assuming it's going to be cold and fucking wet. And that man is a bull. And those conditions would suit him to a T. So I, if you some, and I know some people have traded in Jacob Hopper too. So if you're one of those with Jacob Hopper, I don't actually mind a VC in this game. But in saying that, the game starts at 1.45 p.m. The next game is at 4.35 p.m. And there's two on at that time. And two of those games, well, both of those games have C options in them, which is the Bulldogs in Melbourne and even Hawthorne. So, or even the Suns because of Tookie Miller. So if you're going to do a VC in the Giants-Sydney game, you're going to have to be fucking on your toes to loop someone onto the field pretty much. Yeah, I, I think this game is mostly irrelevant for a VC, Dano, just because of the yeah. two games that are coming up yeah, later correct. on that day. Um, unfortunately, the Dogs and Demons are playing at the same time, which really sucks from a super coach perspective because yeah. they've got those... Well, I mean, Gorn, you still have to put in that that bracket, but also Oliver. Um, there's there's four huge VC slash C options for everyone, and they're both playing at the same time, which really yeah. sucks. So we'll start off with the first one, which is the Suns versus Western Bulldogs. And you got to rattle off Tookie Miller. You got to rattle off Bontepelli and McRae. They're the three big ones in that game. Um, got anyone else there, Pato? No, nah, uh, McRae is probably going to be my VC this week. Um, yeah, fair. Some reason Bontepelli had an 87 against the Suns last year. I don't know whether Tuke Miller ran with him a bit or not because um, I didn't watch that game. But um, yeah, and 133 earlier against this earlier this year against the Suns. So look, it could go big, but McRae's the one for me. Um, his last three against the Suns previous to this year uh, was 169 last year, 139 in 19, and 189 in 2018, which Fuck. is just a third numbers and and a lazy 146 this year i don't know what he was doing in that game but fucking pull your finger out but anyway um yeah (laughs) gray has an incredible record against the suns and i think they've got someone that can maybe go head to head not as so much a tag but i think tuke will line up next to bontem pelly and maybe quell his infinite influence a little bit um but the suns really don't have a match up for mccray and yeah, I just feel like he will pick up the ball at will, um, and it's up at Metricon too. So we're not worried about any cold weather. Should be pretty yeah. nice up yeah. there. Um, I think McRae will flourish in those conditions. Yep, fair. We'll move on to the next game then, which is Melbourne versus Hawthorne. Again, we'll rattle off the usuals. Oliver, um, we can say Gorn, but I'll even chuck in Petrarca in there. And then you got Titch, um, Tom Mitchell at Hawthorne as well. They're the only ones that I can really think of uh, in these. You could. Oh, yeah, I, no, not really. I think that's about I think it. Tom, I think Tom Mitchell will probably get tagged. Yeah. Um, had 76 earlier on in the year against the D's with Hums following him around. So I think they will probably go to that again. Um, Oliver, I don't mind, but Hawthorne do run with a little bit as well. So um, that's where I would maybe sway towards Gorn. Where if you think that maybe he might have a big one against the Hawks Rucks who do give up a really bulk points. But again, as I mentioned before, um, is Luke Jackson going to ruck too much? Who knows? Uh, 172 early on in the year against the the Hawks, which is super juicy from Max Gorn. And last year had 185. So his last two against the Hawks have been monstrous. Is that enough oh, yeah. um, based off the last three weeks? I don't think it is. And with Ben Brand in the team as well, it's, it's just not looking good, Dano. So <laughs> I'm not sure I really like anyone in this game, if I'm completely honest. 
Not even Oliver. Not even Oliver. Maybe a no. Christian Salem. I think he could have a good game off yeah. half back. Yeah. Um, I think I think you got to go. You got to go with McRae in the other game at, on, at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Um, we'll move on to the next one then at seven twenty-five PM that day, which is St Kilda versus Port Adelaide. You can't go past Steele. Um, Ollie Wines is another one that I think you can consider, but I think with him, it's only really a VC option with Wines, but there's better ones out there. Um, any left fielders in this one? I can I, I can see any Charlie Dixon owners licking their lips at this one, potentially. Yeah, no, nah, Dixon is a nice little left field one. Uh, he could go big against... The Saints, um, their back line is a little bit depleted, but they have looked pretty good the last few weeks. So hard to say how he will go against them. Um, and just had had just the 61 early on in the year against the Saints. So look, a little bit risky, obviously, as a, as a forward, but who knows yeah. how Dixon will go. Um, it would have to be a VC, but I'm not sure if you're if you're ignoring Pontopalli and McRae to VC Charlie Dixon, I don't know what you're doing there. So um, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's really an option to be honest. Dano, um, Jack Steele is probably the only one for me in this game. Well, I think there's a seat, there's a couple, well, there's two C options in here. I think that are safe as houses on the Sunday um, and they're in separate games. Um, so I don't mind doing rolling the dice with a different sort of VC because the next two games, I think you're going to find your C options. The first one is North Melbourne versus Essendon on the Sunday and Marvel. And I think one of the two that you can, well, one of the three, I should say, in this game has got to be Zachy Merritt. Man is a beast at the moment. Parrish is another one, but I think this is going to be Zachy Merritt's game. Um, but who do you think my third one is, Pato? Uh the third one's probably Aaron Hall. No, I actually am not putting Aaron Hall in this decision. Interesting. So Parrish had 152 against North Melbourne. Yeah. So weird. They played each other in round 10, um, which is crazy because we yeah. discussed a game before that the teams hadn't played yet. Um, whatever game that was, it doesn't matter. But like, playing each other for the first time in round 18 and then we've got North and... Um, fuck yeah. who we even talk about. North and Essendon are playing for the twice for the second time in eight weeks. So that's that's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I, I think I really like Parrish. I don't think he'll get completely knocked locked down. Um, Zach Merritt, I do also like. Um, he's one in is. really good form. Who's your third one? Is it? No. Oh, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Ridley? No. Ben well, Cunnington. Ben Cunnington. Ben it's Cunnington. Not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout at all. Um, just for this main reason is he'll be, I, I can just see him being a clearance fucking beast. You've got guys like Stringer. Yeah, okay. He'll, he'll try, but fucking the man is just a clearance machine. And I think against a young Bombers, he will thrive. Um, advanced hair. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I can see Cunnington. In any Cunnington owners, I don't actually mind him as a C option in this one, to be honest. Bit of a left field one there. But the, the safest houses ones, I think, uh, well, in this game is actually Merritt. 
as a C. But the next game, I think, is the most safe as Houses pick, which is Collingwood versus Carlton. Are you talking yeah. about Brody Grundy against Deconing? Or Pitnet or whoever the fuck's playing. Last time I was weighing up in my draft league about whether to Captain McRae or Captain Sean Darcy against the Carlton. And Sean Darcy went ape shit. And I reckon Grundy is going to do the same thing. I think he's just going to go absolute ape shit and tear Carlton a new asshole. Um, other options to consider, obviously, yeah, Sam no, Walsh. Yeah, just quickly, um, Pitnet yep. is out four to six weeks. Um, oh, there you go. So he probably won't play for the rest of the year. So That's even better for Grundy. Yeah, Grundy against DeConing um, is super juicy. Uh, DeConing looks okay. Um, I think he'll be a solid AFL player with a bit of experience, but he's about 19 or 20 years old being thrown up in, in the ruck. So I, I really, Grundy will probably be my captain again. Um, yeah. Early days, I've still got to look at it, but it's really hard to go past Grundy against DeConing. Uh, Correct. The other option, was, so you got Sam Walsh, but the other one, my left fielder, Taylor Adams. Interesting. It might depend on if Cripps plays or not, because just with the clearances, might be a little bit, uh, a little bit restricted if Cripps does play, because um, that is Adams' bread and butter. But in saying that, when we're looking at at Grundy versus DeConing, who's the one that's going to be getting the better service? That's absolutely exactly. going to be Taylor Adams. So, correct. Look, if you bring him in, you could do worse. Um, yeah, I also like the prison prison bar. Uh, Trialy, uh Collingwood forward. I think he might not be a decent option as well, but I'm not sure if I could bring myself. <laughs> I was like, like you on about that. I realized prison colors. bars, <laughs> prison bars. Fuck. Oh, you're saying I'm not in before next year, don't I? No oh, shit. Oh fucking hell. Um, so Sammy Walsh is the only one from Carlton you'd consider. Uh yeah. Yeah, Zach Williams, he's he's fucking soft prick. Uh, Paddy Cripps is shit. Um, yeah, it's Sammy really Walsh, Lone Star. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, th- I think I prefer Grundy or Adams. Yep, fair. Um, last game of the round, which is the Crows versus the Eagles, the battle of the better birds. Um, we had the battle of the shit birds earlier in the season. I think that was Collingwood and um, fucking Swans. So, anyway, we've got Crows versus the Eagles. Highly unlikely anyone will pick a C option in this game. I think it's pretty clear, Pato. Uh, I actually really like Rory Laird. Um, uh, I think he could have a good game. He scored 120 against them early on in the year, and that was when West Coast were playing all right. So Compared to I, other options, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure someone will have McRae, someone will have Grundy, someone will have, you know what I mean? Like, I think Laird, oh, yeah, no, when Laird will be solid it, for 120. Um, but yeah, oh, he's an option, but I just don't think he will yeah, score. He is an option if, for whatever reason, you don't have Grundy in the game that overlaps this one. Um, yeah. Just from a real life perspective, West Coast are in a bit of trouble here. I, I don't think they'll win this game. They're, they're traveling that poorly and they don't play well at Adelaide Oval at all. Hmm. So I feel for West Coast, somehow them being so shit means that Richmond are playing terribly and still only one game out of the eight, which we do not deserve to be at all. So it's 
it's kind of crazy how that situation is panning out from a, a real life footy perspective. Mm. But yeah, no, Grundy's the one for me in this, yeah. this Sunday Arvo games. Got anything else you want to chuck in the podcast, Pato? No, I think we've covered it for, for this week. As I, as I said before, um, if you've got any suggestions on things you want to hear us talk about from a super coach perspective, uh, maybe we can talk about the real life AFL for the finals. If, if people want to hear that, yeah. but stick to super coach during the year and maybe switch to a, a, a footy analysis podcast for the last three or four weeks of the year to, to be a little bit different. Dano, but um, if there's anything from a super coach perspective, you guys want us to hear, as I said before, um, let us know and we're happy to give it a go um, and talk about anything you guys want to listen to us here and talk about. Bloody oath. Anyway, Pato, what's your Twitter handle as per usual? At P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. Yep, and I am at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So that's at Dano-S-Triple-C. We are now on, oh, fuck, this is a mouthful. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. We're on RSS feed. We're on five fucking different platforms now, Pato. Huge. Yep. Yep. Whatever you listen to your podcasts on, you'll be able to find us. So um, you can't say that you can't find us uh, unless you stick to YouTube only. I don't know why you would, but we're not, we're not moving to YouTube. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm, I don't, yeah. I just, well, actually fuck it. If you guys want us to move to YouTube, I can upload something. It'll just be an audio file with fucking waves and shit. But anyway, I'll hold off for the moment. Anyway, from us at the Super Coach Co Captains, my name is Dano. And my name's Paddo. And this is us signing the fuck off. Yeah, motherfuckers.